0: You're like, no, really, I think I don't. I'm just just not doing that. I think pretty much all of us do. We're like, yeah. I I think I could safely say that every single person in here, no matter where you stand or what your personal religious beliefs would be, I think every person in here would say that if I knew, if God told me and I knew it was God to do something, I would just do it, no matter what it looked like. Like, if I knew I knew it was God, I would just do it. But see, sometimes we, we well, here, let's just start here. Let's start in Jeremiah, because I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start in Jeremiah. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is really talking about knowing and the thoughts and the plans that God has for us. This is what it's talking about. And this is what it says, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a good verse, isn't it? You read that and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. You put it on your refrigerator, Instagram, put a cool picture of it, and you're like something like, yeah, this is great. It's so good. But then wait a second. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That sounds awesome. Plans to prosper you, I'll take that. To give you hope, to give you a future, I'll take that. But you ever read something like that and then look at your life and be like, well, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's working. Or, or, or you ask yourself, like, where is it? Like I look, at, I look around and I'm like, wait wait a second, I don't know. Because see, sometimes I think, some of us, we wonder how God's going to do that. Like, okay, God, how, how are you going to do this? You've got this plan for me? Like, and, and, and if you told me, I'd do it, but like, how do I work this out? Like, I feel like there's a piece missing, but the Bible really, it actually, he tells us how he does this, and he doesn't do it the way that most of us think that he would. He leaves us a little bit different, and here's the next step. Turn to Psalms, and he's going to show us how he shows us what this plan is, how he helps us to see it. It's in Psalms 37, 23. Psalm 37, 23, and this is what it says. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their life. God leads us in steps. No, really? That's not my preferred method, by the way. It's definitely not. I like more like the Google Maps version, where you punch in the destination, and, and I don't I don't know if you do this, but I never just start following where it goes. I zoom out, and I'm like, okay, what way is it trying to take me? Because I probably know better. Even though I'm using my GPS, I still want to look at it. I want to look at every option similar ETA. I don't think so. I think I can get 30 seconds right here. Like, what is this? I check multiple times while I'm going because I'm sure that somebody parked on the side of the road and gawkers are stopping and slowing down. I should probably go this way. Like, like, I want to see the whole thing before I take that first step. That's what I want to do. But that's not what it says that the Bible says. That's not what it says that God does. It says that he directs our steps. It's just a step. Not, not this giant thing, but he directs our steps. And sometimes I think we get lost because there can seem to be a disconnect, where we might know it to be true, but there's a disconnect. And here, here's what I mean. Like, you ever eat a no-bake cookie? They are so good. They are ridiculously, ridiculously good. And my kids are just having a riot making, like baking right now. So they keep asking, could I make no-bake cookies? And I'm like, yes, absolutely, please double the batch, triple the batch, go for it. Like, I love them. But let me just ask you a question. How many no-bake cookies would you eat, or even I eat, if every time I ate a no-bake cookie, I was like, whoa, where'd that love handle come from? <laughs> right, you eat one, you're like, uh-oh, better eat another one and even this thing out. <laughs> like, right? Now, here's the thing. We know that that happens, but there's a disconnect because we don't see it immediately, Right? I mean, think about it. Think about it for just a second. If, if every time you did like an ab crunch, like boop, you got an ab, six-packs would be like, what? What were you doing yesterday? Like, do a few more. Right? But, but it works. It, it really can get you that result, but there's a disconnect so often. I think sometimes we get stuck in that disconnect because we say, okay, God, I did that thing you asked me to, but I don't see the result that I'm expecting. I told that person I was sorry. I told them that I forgave them, and really it was their fault. And you know what they did? They did nothing, they didn't even say anything. And really it was all them. I, maybe, maybe you broke that relationship off, that unguided relationship that you needed. Hey, th- it was dragging you down. Hey, this wasn't what it was supposed to be. And you broke it off. And you're like, okay, God, something's going to happen now. And you're like, well, it isn't. Maybe you're staying alone in school. And you're like, okay, I'm not hanging out with those people anymore, but where's these new friends? Like I'm doing, I took that step. But so often we don't see the result that we think we should see. And we say, God, I'm trusting you in this. And it doesn't seem to be there. So we get lost in this disconnect. But here's the thing. He leads us in steps. I would, and here's the thing. I would love it if it was the Google style. Just the, the, there's the whole entire thing. But he doesn't. He leads in steps. And I think it's kind of like our car. If you were to get in your car, you get on the parking lot and say it was already dark. You get out there, you get in, you turn on, you turn on the car, click your headlights on, and boop, they turn on, right? How far do those headlights go? What, like 50 yards, 75 yards out in front of you? That's it. They don't go out the parking lot down here, around the corner, over to 31, around the corner, through the stoplight. But yet we can get where we're going. How does it work? Well, we all know is once we start moving, the headlights move with us. And really, I think it's a great picture of how God works, is we take a step, and once we take that step, then we see the next step to take. Often, we're sitting there, and we're like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a disconnect, and we don't see the result that we've quite seen, and we're like, okay, God, I'm afraid to take this next step because I don't see everything working exactly the way that I thought it would. I don't see it coming about the way that I thought it would, but God works a little different than most of us think. He really does. It was several years ago now. It was actually November 2016. I was in my tree stand praying. And I'm like, God, what, I feel like you have another step for Becca and I as a family. I don't know what it is. Like, what's going on? Why do I feel this unrest? Like, where we are? Like, what, what is happening? Like, all that we want to do. Like, our heart is to, to get behind vision and serve. Like, what is it that you have for us? And I don't know what's going on. And, and really, he put something in my heart. And, like, I wish, I so wish, that, like, a little squirrel would have jumped up on my knee and been like, Hey, Samuel, God wants you to. <laughs> right? Like, how cool would that be? And it really would have to be a high voice. Because what would, how freaky would it be if a squirrel jumped up and was like, hey, you? You'd be like, ah! You'd be batting that thing. Now, if it was a high voice, it would just be cute anyways. But it didn't happen. Like, that, that's not what happened. But he put something in my heart. What he put in there was, okay, you wanna, you wanna follow vision. You wanna get behind vision and serve. I just felt he asked me this question. He says, well, what do you think lead pastors do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not one. I have no idea. And then he put this. And he says, I give them vision and they serve people. And I'm like, well, that's pretty good. I'm like, okay. So I leave there and I go home and I'm like, okay, I think God's given us a step. So I talk to Beck. I say, hey, babe, I think, I think God's calling us to pastor. And she looks at me and she goes, really? I'm like, yeah, I really do. And she goes, well, okay, have fun. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's, that's not what I would expect. That's not what should happen Next. Like, I should come home and I should tell her this, and she'd be like, God already told me the same thing. Like, yes, he spoke to me. The squirrel was here. Like, like yes, we're, we're doing this. Or, I didn't hear it, but you're such a man of God. I'll follow you anywhere, because I'm sure you heard of... That got more laughs. Okay. But like, that's what I expect to happen, but it didn't. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, where you're like, okay, God, I'm going to take this step, I'm going to do this, and you expect something to happen, and it doesn't. You're walking in love in this marriage and, and you're being treated like you shouldn't or you don't feel like you shouldn't. You're like, God, this is what I think we're supposed to do and I'm, I'm trying to do this and they're not responding. You're at work and you're standing up and you're like, I'm not, gonna do, I'm not going to talk the way that everybody else in the line does. I'm The way that they talk about their spouses, I'm not going to participate. You're not participating. You're not doing this. They're saying things, what they're looking at, what they're talking about on break, you're not doing. And instead of, what you think would happen, instead, you find yourself shut out and you find yourself promotions not coming like you thought they would and you're like, God, is this really working? This isn't what I expected to have happen. It's, it's not. I think so often that's what we expect. We think God, sometimes we think that God leads through the path of least resistance. We almost have a doctrine of easy Right? That, like, if it was God, it would be easy, right? Like, come on, God. If you're in this, like, doors are gonna open, traffic is gonna get out of the way, green (laughs) lights are gonna turn on, no squirrels are gonna be in the road. Like, this is gonna be good. But that's not what we see. That's not what we see in the Bible. Jesus tells his disciples, He says, get in the boat and go to the other side. You wanna know what happened? The wind did not turn around, they didn't put up their sails, kick back, put their feet over and drag their hands in the water (laughs) while the wind pushed them across. I think many of us, that's how we would picture it happening because if God was doing it, it'd be easy. Instead, the Bible says they get in and a storm comes and they're like, ah, we're going to die, Jesus, wake up. (laughs) Like they're freaking out. It's totally different. It's completely different. It's not always easy, the things that God calls us into, but it's so rewarding. It's so good. So so many of us have a doctrine of easy where we look at our marriage, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard this where people are like, well, it's just not working out. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not working out? You're married. Like, you do this. Like, well, doesn't God want us to have fun? Like, doesn't God want me happy? I look at him, and I'm like, no. No. No, he doesn't. He wants you holy. And holy and happy are different. The Bible says, I'm sorry, maybe you didn't read this, but the Bible says, those who marry will have trouble. Instagram that verse. (laughs) Take a picture of you and your spouse and put that on the bottom. Right? It's not something we really hear all the time. It really isn't. But marriage, we get to lay down our lives for our spouses. That's really what it is. When you got up there, what you should have done and what I would probably happen when you got married is you made a pre-decision whether you knew it or not. That's what you were doing. You were making a pre-decision about how you would treat your spouse regardless of how they treated you. You were saying, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to cherish you. I'm going to lay down my life for you for the rest of my life. You didn't say, I want to have fun with you and if it doesn't sound fun to me, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> the picture of of marriage that the Bible gives is we get to lay down our life, and it's not always going to be easy. It's not always. It's not a doctrine of easy and, oh, is it going to be fun? God calls us to do hard things. He really does. In fact, the Bible says, count it all joy when troubles come your way. Many of us are like, no, we want to rewrite that. Like, turn around and go the other way when you see trouble. (laughs) We're like, please, if it said that, that would be great. But it doesn't. It says something different, and God calls us to do hard things. So I don't know what step God is laying out before you, but he directs you in steps. And I would tell you this, don't be afraid to take a step just because you can't see where the path is leading. If God's word says to do it, take the step. Take the step and do it. And when, hey, the next step, it's not falling in like I thought it would. Stand strong. Becca, she she didn't have the response that I thought that she would. Didn't have the response I thought she should. And so we really toyed around this idea for about three months. I was talking to different people, and finally I came to her. And I'm like, love, if God spoke to me, he'll speak to you. If he doesn't, we're not doing this. I don't need to do this. This isn't feeling a need in me, but if this is what God calls us to do, he'll speak to you. I said we can build the church. We will build the church. Whether we're pastoring, whether we're on church like a staff, no matter what we're doing, we're going to build the church. If he spoke to me, he'll spoke to you. He'll speak to you. I said, "What is it that you'd like?" I said, "I want you to take some time to really go and hear God." And she said, "Well, why don't you give me 3 days?" She's like, "I'll go, I'll meet with some of my mentors, I want to go to some coffee shops, I want to pray. She's like, "I might come back, I might not, but I'm going to go do some stuff for like <laughs> no, like in the 3 days, okay? Like in the three days, like the nights, okay, not come back. Anyways, and I said, okay, okay, I'll we, we worked some schedule, and I borrowed another car so she could have a car. We only had the one, and so she could disappear, and I'm like, okay, I've got the kids go. You, you, you go do that. So she leaves, and I got the kids, and we're hanging out at home, and like, like an hour, hour and a half later, she calls. And she's like, I'm in your mom's stupid truck, and I can't figure out the heat. It's way too hot in here. I'm at the mall, and this thing is too big to park. I can't park it, and I'm returning this stupid shirt. And I'm just like, well, thanks for the update. <laughs> like, really? Okay, fine. And then, and then she says this, and she says, and I'm being stupid. This is the thing. I'm running away from the very thing that I prayed for. This is, this is God, and this is what we need to do. And I'm like, yeah. Awesome, and then she says, "But can I still have my three days?" <laughs> she, had all, she, she had plans, and I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely." But it didn't come the way that I thought that it would. It didn't at all. But we get to this point, and I'm like, "Okay, all right, let's 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 do this." And then I start looking, and you ever start putting your logic on God, and you're like, "Wait a second the thing you're calling me to do, the step you're asking me to take, I don't think I'm the one to take it. You know who really should? You ever think that? It, nope, just me. Well, I did, okay? I absolutely did. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait a second. I don't know. And I start to kind of ask myself, like, so we want a pastor. God, I feel you're, that's the step. Would I hire me? <laughs> like, wait a second wait, I don't know. And I'm kind of like, start to be like, hmm, all right. This, there's a step and it seems clear, but I want to question it. And it was, it was really amazing how God answered that for me. Because so I was reading through Proverbs and my parents have done this thing for, for years where they read the Proverbs of the day and I grew up where we'd read whatever day of the month it was, If it's the 20th, you read the 20th Proverbs of the day. There's 31 of them, and so you just kind of go through and you read them. And this particular day, I'm reading Proverbs, and it's Proverbs 20, and I'm reading through Proverbs, and and I have done this since I was a little kid. I don't do it every single day, but this is something I've done. I've read through Proverbs so many times, hundreds of times. I read it in different translations. You're like, hey, let's try to get something different out of it. Um, I think it's a great habit, but I'll just try something different. So it's like the NLT, the New King James, the NIV, every now and then the message even. Like, just read about anything, like like something different. And I'm reading through Proverbs, and as I'm reading along, all of a sudden I look, and there's a brand new verse in there. Okay? (laughs) Like, I'm like, there's no way this verse has ever been here before. Like, I don't know why, how, but this is what it was. I'm reading along, and I read Proverbs, Twenty twenty four. and this is what it says. It says, a man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can he understand his own way? And I'm just like, drop the mic. (laughs) Okay, God, I'm not gonna sit here and try to figure out exactly what this is supposed to be. Did everything that I go through through, everything that I went through, is this preparing me the way that everybody else would look at me and see? See, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And if he tells you to do something, he will give you everything that you need to do it. And it's probably not going to be easy. It's not just going to fall in place. We are launching this church September 16. Is everything perfectly in order? No. No. We have what we need? Yes. Do we need more? Yes. Yes, we most definitely, definitely. Other questions? Absolutely. Has it been easy? No. No. The devil attack? Yeah, you're never gonna do anything for God without the devil being there. He doesn't just give up ground, he's not gonna. But when we say, okay, God, I'm gonna stick to, I'm going to do, it is so, so much fun. And I look at that verse and I read it and I thought, wait a second. You don't lead the way that most of us think that you would. I think of like David in the Bible. Have you ever really, really like looked at the David story? So he's a shepherd. He's out with the sheep. And the prophet Samuel comes to his dad and says, hey, I want to meet all your family. And he says, oh, okay. So he calls all of his sons in, calls the family. And Samuel's like, I want to meet your sons. So he calls his sons. He looks at all of them. And David isn't even there. Dad doesn't even bring David in because David's out with the sheep. And Samuel looks at all of them. He's like, there's one missing. Is there, is there one missing? He's like, yeah, the youngest. He's like, well, we ain't doing anything until he gets here. So they bring him in. He finally gets there, which dad didn't even include, finally gets there, and Samuel, the prophet Samuel, looks at him and anoints him in front of his brothers, like anoints him king. Now, if I was writing this story, if I was God, I'm not. If I was God, this is what would have happened. He would have anointed him king, and then right there, he would have walked with with the prophet Samuel. They'd have walked right over to the palace, Saul would have been sitting on his throne, and Samuel and, and David would have walked in. And as he's walking in, Saul would have looked up and, like, stretched out his hand and been like, grab him, seize him. And as he does that, like, King Saul's hand would have, like, started to shrivel up. And the prophet Samuel would have been like, don't raise your hand against the Lord's anointed and, like, marched in. And the guards would have been like, uh, what do we do? What do we do? And Samuel would have been like, you follow him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do. We do. And then Saul would have been taken away, like, please hold my hand. And, and, and David would have been made king, and it would have been done. And it would have just been, like, epic, right? Like, okay, God doing some epic, awesome God things. Like, it would have been so cool. But that's not what happened. And I don't know why, but it's just not. Instead, David goes right back out to the sheep. Is that the follow-up that you'd have? Have you ever felt that way, that you do something for God, that God speaks to you, you do it, you reach out, you say that word to that person, you, you pray for that person, you're praying for that, that family member, you, you tell your spouse that you're sorry, you go through this conflict, you make that phone call, you take this step of faith and you begin to tithe, you do this and then you look and you're like, I'm back with the sheep, like it didn't change, like what really happened? David, he's anointed with oil in front of his brothers, then he goes right back to where he was. It's like, wait, did something happen? But it did. It happened on the inside of him. And he's out there with those sheep. And you know what happens next? He ends up going, he does the epic thing, right? He goes and he kills Goliath, the giant that's defying the entire Israeli army, the Israels, the Israeli army, the whole thing, nobody's going and fighting this guy. He comes out, he says, who will fight me? Send out a champion. No one comes. He's a giant. No one will come. David comes and says, I'll kill him. And he does it. Epic sling. Knocks the stone, hits the giant in the forehead, knocks him down. He runs over, grabs the giant's own sword. This is how I imagine. Boom! Chops his head off. Okay, they leave that part out of the kids' stories. I have no idea Why? Every time I read it, I include it. When when my kids all like, as they learn to read, they're like, where's the head cutting part? Like, it's not in there. I'm like, it is in the real Bible. Like, yours doesn't have it. It's got cool pictures. Anyways, just like free. Okay, just have fun with that one. But he does. He chops off his head, picks it up, and carries it away. Epic. You're like, okay, maybe this is where it kind of starts to happen the way that you and I think it would happen. No, no. Nope, he does, he, kind of, he ends up at the palace, and King Saul gets jealous of him, starts throwing spears at him and trying to kill him. He runs off, is hiding in caves from King Saul. Would you start to, at what point are you like, okay, well, God, it's not really working out. <laughs> like, you got a plan B, C, D, what are we on here? Because I'm not king yet. But God doesn't lead us in the way that so often that we think that he should. He ends up out there and ends up says that all the disgruntled people came to him and he became their leader. And he's got a band of bandits and people who are all upset with the king and disgruntled over things and that's who he's leading. And eventually, it does happen. He becomes king. He becomes a great king, listed as Israel's greatest king. But it God doesn't lead us in the lines that we think he should. So often he works absolutely backwards the way that we would run it. Absolutely backwards. He sent Jesus as a baby in a manger. And then he defeated death, sin, and the devil by dying on a cross. By giving his life. Not the way that you and I would have probably written the story. He leads us so much differently. So I want to leave you with this, with three things. I want to encourage you, three steps, three ways to take the next step that God has for you. To take that next step that God has for you. Turn to Isaiah 55, 8. And as you're turning there, I just want to say this thing. I want to say, I don't know where you are. I don't know what your backstory is, but understand this. You have not screwed up You have not missed, you have not messed up God's plan for your life. That little voice that says, Yeah, yeah, God has a plan, but you already screwed it up so bad that you'll never walk in it. That's not God. That little voice, like sometimes I wish that we had that. Like, you ever ever watch those cartoons growing up where you got like a, a little angel, a little white one that sits on this shoulder and a red one on this shoulder? That voice that's saying that you screwed this up, that this isn't for you, that's the red one and you need to go like this. Like, get rid of it. Like, flick it off and then when it lands on the floor, find it and kick it again. Like, get it out of there. It is not God. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, for, the, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. The plan, the purpose that he has for you, it's good and it's just as true for you today as it was last week before you made that mistake, before this happened, before that happened to you. It is just as true right now. As it was then, just as true. So when it comes to taking the steps that God has for you, number one, throw logic out the window. Just get rid of it. God, he doesn't work the way that we think he should. So just get rid of it. Isaiah 55, 8 says this, "'My thoughts are not like your thoughts,' says the Lord, "'and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. "'For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, "'so my ways are higher than your ways, "'and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts.'" If God tells you to do it, do it. Whatever it is, just take the step. Take that step. If you don't know what step to take, ask. Number two, ask. Here's what the Bible says. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened. God will show you. God will show you. Ask. Number three. God does not lead by the path of least resistance. If you hit resistance, don't stop. Do not stop. John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. He doesn't say Christians won't have any trouble. Like come to Christ and man, just kick back, sit back, and drag your hand in the water, it's going to be good. He says, in this life you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome. He says, take heart, I have overcome. You're going to have trouble, but we can get to the other side. James 1, 2, he says it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that your faith is tested, that your endurance has a chance to grow. It doesn't say, stop if it doesn't work out. If it's a little hard, just quit and find something easier. I would tell you, go for it. If it's hard, go for it. If you're not making any wake, you're probably not going anywhere. There's going to be resistance. It's going to be there. But decide, God, where you lead me, I will follow. Where you direct, I will go you might not be able to see the end result, the way down the road, 25 steps down the road, but instead say, God, I'm gonna honor you with this step and walk in more of what God has for you. And as you take a step, that next step appears. And then you take another step and that next one shows up. And we rarely see beyond that simple step. And then here's what it says. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and he wants to direct your steps. Jeremiah 29, 11 is true for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you can walk in that. Just take that next step. But here's the deal. That verse is true for you if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. And you can begin to walk out those steps. But the first step you need to take is making Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you're here this morning and you have never done that, I'd love the opportunity of helping you to make that step of taking that step of declaring that Jesus is Lord of your life that you need his help He say God on my own I cannot do this and I need you I need you to forgive me I need you to make me new saying Jesus I believe that you died on the cross for me that you shed your blood so that I could be free and walking in that freedom that he has for you if you've never before done that or if this morning you say you know there was a time I was living for God but I've turned my back on him today I've been, I've, I've been doing my own thing but I want to come back, I want to take a step back to him and I want to step into what he has for me I want him to lead me and it might be scary but I'm going to do it I want all that he has for me so if this is your first or you're saying God I'm coming back to you, I'd love the honor of praying with you and in just a moment this is what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment we're going to bow our heads we're going to close our eyes and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand as a sign before God, say, hey, this is what I want to do. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer right in your seat. And when we say amen, you can know that you're forgiven, set free, and begin to walk out the path, begin to take those steps that God has for you. Would everybody in here, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Just give those around you some privacy. And if you're sitting here and you say, Samuel, I need to take that first step. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want his forgiveness. I want his peace. I want to begin to walk out the plan that he has for me. Or if you say, today I'm coming back. I'm asking for forgiveness. And I'm coming back to him with my life. If you're either of those, I want you to be really bold. And on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. Get ready. None of this halfway stuff, say, God, I'm giving you all of me. Ready? One, two, three. Shoot it all the way up and say, that's me. And this morning, today is my day. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, put those hands down. Here's what we're going to do.